0: hello and welcome to episode 21 of baki Taki. we've made it into i guess we're already in the double digits and we already hit 20 last time so not much of a milestone episode um, but it's still going to be a good one uh, this episode is of course titled punishment there's a lot of that in this episode um, and to help me discuss it we have my good friend Jax. hi everyone excited to be here So, Jax, before we jump into everything, I have two questions that I ask all of my guests to um, let the audience get to know you a bit better. So, first off, other than Baki, what shows are you currently watching?
1: Oh, currently? Um, I'm currently watching Barry. I know a little bit behind on that coming out, um, but it's a good show of mine. And uh drag race funny enough uh <laughs> i just came into that little passion because i saw ben Lickrem perform live who's a drag queen uh here mm-hmm. in toronto uh so that's been fun um but otherwise i've been off the tv kick for a little while i used to be fairly obsessed uh so i could give you what i past watch but uh it's been a little no, while no
0: no that was that was perfect that hits all the boxes for answers which is i don't watch much and barry very <laughs> very calm <boxes. laughs> if you had thrown in stranger things i think that would have been the, the perfect uh the perfect match um, no i
1: skipped this season i didn't watch uh season five which i hear is a crime because that was a good one but it's, uh, it's, but it's not a good for one. me but the thing is you could just
0: wait until like when the next season comes out that'll be the final one so you can do like both at the same time and then the other question before you watched this episode what did you know about
1: baki absolutely nothing to be honest it was so unmemorable that i forgot the name of it in terms of your podcast uh which is kind of embarrassing but, <laughs> but yeah i mean i knew that it was a uh anime and that's really the extent of it so i came in really blind wow on the topic of blind i can't see
0: but um we, we, we won't that. <laughs> so this episode picks up right where the last one ended uh in the middle of the greatest tag team battle of all time Um, On one side, we have uh, Ryuko, Yanagi, and Sikorsky, two death row inmates who have cornered Baki in a local abandoned park in Japan. And on the other side, we have Baki and his soulmate, Kozue.
1: Baki, wait a minute. Please,
0: let me, let me help you. Thanks, Kozue. You're the best, but I'll be okay. There's like no way these guys beat me. Um and that's where we left things off last time. Uh Jax, why wanna, wanna walk me through what happens in this scene?
1: Oh, I was so confused. Um <laughs> the biggest thing that I was confused by is, you know, first of all, when they hit each other, why do their faces explode and they get these big red marks? Um so that was confusing. And then uh There's something about poison at some point when they're hitting, and and Baki isn't being defeated by the poison, which I don't understand how that happens when he's simply getting hit. My hand lasts so hard across his body, I broke the skin and drew blood. Why hasn't the poison kicked in yet? Uh, And then the last thing I don't understand is that they claim that he became stronger because he just had sex, or that he can become stronger simply by taking a walk, and then he thinks about being stronger, and then he gets stronger. Uh, and then the end of the scene is, is some scientist-y looking dude shows up and, and compliments how strong Baki is. And then Baki runs away when the two guys he just defeated seem to resurrect and have a le- weird zombie moment and, okay. uh, and then aren't zombies anymore. And, and then the scientist guy says, I'm not going to fight you. And he also leaves. And then the scene ends.
0: All right. Well, let's, let's dive into a few parts there. So first off, the poison so as we spent an excruciating amount of time on last week um ryuko yanagi uh punched he put a bunch of poison in sand and then punched that sand repeatedly for days until his hand became a poison hand by dipping it in poison sand and then he was able to slap baki so hard that he ripped his skin off so we spent a lot of time on the setup for um the poison um it doesn't come up at all in this episode. Uh, so there's no payoff for now, but let, as I said last week, um, they, there will be payoff. Baki will be poisoned, uh, maybe in a month or a few weeks from now. Um, no,
1: I was concerned that he wouldn't be, so that's good. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, don't worry. This <laughs> every Everything makes sense eventually, sort of, <laughs> but to, to your second point or your third point, um, it's, it, yes baki had sex he is uh he lost his virginity in the last episode and um canonically they've spelled it out for us in about four or five different lines he is now much much stronger than he was before that's it you've become far stronger than you've ever been before by getting biblical with that girl. All it took was an experience. Almost anyone on earth who's been through puberty could have. Do you you think that that's like a a real world thing or do you think that, uh, that was just added in for the show?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. This is a, this is a very heteronormative ideal that, uh, that you have sex and suddenly you're a real man. Um, so quite an interesting little trope that they've thrown in there and, and, you know, extended it to be not just a real man, but, uh, but gaining strength. So interesting.
0: Yeah. baki's an interesting show like that. Like on the one hand you could describe it as very hetero. Um, but if, if you really boil it down to the root word of like homo homogenous, like there, there's almost no women on this show. Like it's almost entirely men um so oh uh,
1: i'm excited for for us to get to the gay lovers so (laughs) i'm I'm curious about that
0: i'm I'm glad i'm I'm glad you jumped onto that uh angle of viewing it (laughs) because that's that's, yeah no we'll we'll get we'll get to doyle um oh yeah so so the what what did you how did you refer to the guy who showed up
1: um the the scientist oh the scientist dude yeah yeah he was in a white suit so he reminded me of like professor oak from pokemon
0: it, professor oak if he started bench lifting um yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah so halfway through the fight um hanayama comes back um so hanayama actually is a mob boss um so they have a slightly different uh, slightly similar outfit choice i'd say also the reason he's wearing a mask is because his face blew up in, in, in the last time he fought somebody so he sort of has like three mouth holes now uh, but that's that's a whole other can of worms so yeah, yeah, not not quite a scientist, but um he he does play a peacekeeping role. So just to just to summarize for the listeners, Yanagi and sikorsky try and fight Baki and Baki just demonstrates that now that he has had sex, he is on a completely different tier than them. And honestly, he sort of gets bored and just uh Haniyama shows up. He picks up Kozuway. He being Baki runs away out into the streets of Tokyo. Uh, see ya! (laughs) And then Yanaki and Sikorsky are just sort of left standing around in the park, um, upset with each other. So we didn't get much of an intro to any of these characters. I I feel like Baki's a bit easier to understand. Like, he had sex and now he's super strong. What did you think the other two guys were there for?
1: Oh, see, you have kind of spoiled it for me, because you said they were escaped uh, inmates or something, Mm -hmm. uh, just about two minutes ago. Okay, so... I didn't know that. Uh, it, it was confusing. I mean, the episode opens up, I guess, as you said, you know, I'm picking up in, in the middle of a scene that the, the last one ended on. Uh, so yeah, zero context. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense with you saying that they're mafia. Uh, I don't know if they're related to in terms of character relationships, the, the scientist dude. Uh, But I was rather confused as to why they hate Baki so much. And then uh, Baki doesn't come back for the rest of the episode, too. So I got zero resolution in terms of why that fight happened or where Baki went. Yeah, I'll give you the
0: super brief Sparks notes. But um, basically, uh, five death row inmates spontaneously broke out of their jail cells across the world and flew to Japan to taste defeat. So they tried to find the strongest uh, fighters in the world, which all live in Japan, uh, because... The author is from Japan and loves Japanese martial arts. Um, And so they just wanted to, they wanted to fight Baki so that they would lose, which doesn't really come across in this fight at all. I'd say um, because Baki kicks their ass and they don't seem very happy about it, but that's, that's why it happened if
1: that clears things up at all. Yeah. Interesting that you say that because Baki has the line at the end where he goes, I don't have to win. I just have to protect. So is Baki no longer interested in defeating these guys?
0: I don't think he ever was, to be honest. <laughs> he, he was just okay. having sex when Yanagi came and knocked on their door.
1: You know, as one does. As one does. You know, when I have sex, I know that people try and beat me up, too. So.
0: Well, yeah. It's better than the, the, the first time Baki tried. His dad showed up in the middle of his room. <laughs> classic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So after... So, yeah. So the, so the first scene, you know, it's a classic Baki fight. I will say the animation in this uh it seemed like they spent their budget in other places um a lot of um very slideshow-esque combat going on but it ends with baki picking up kozue very romantically like almost like a honeymoon carry, running her away and then hanayama just says i'm not gonna fight you goodbye and yeah oh i forgot i did have one quote so did you 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 listened to the english version right
1: Uh, no i did the japanese version with subtitles (laughs) All right, then
0: that's too bad because I was there. There was there was one line I wanted to um to bring up, so I actually listened to it in the subtitle to see what it was. So when Baki slaps Yanagi in the subtitle, it says "You better grit your teeth."
1: Yes, um, I saw that. Yeah,
0: so in the English version, instead Baki says, "You two like getting bitch slapped." You two like getting bitch slapped, and that's. <laughs> i thought that was um, an interesting choice (laughs) um so yeah so at the end of that scene we come to our uh the lovers um at the at the docks um so uh we see on a in a dark a dark ah, what's what's the word i'm looking for just a just a dark night a pier yeah i was trying to set the mood um and the only word i could think of was it's night but um (laughs) down on the pier we can see uh doyle is there as wearing sunglasses now and katsumi um still burned from before and um walk me through a little bit of this scene Jax.
1: okay so curiously say burned i thought he had smallpox um (laughs) that makes more sense yeah uh i definitely picked up on the gay lover vibe so clearly uh well, not doyle the other one the guy with the eye patch and the sunglasses that's Doyle. he's about that story oh that is Doyle. okay so doyle seems like he is being sent away to the middle east the middle east huh it's a kind offer uh on a large shipping container mm-hmm. and uh the the lover the bald dude what's his name uh, katsumi katsumi so Kitsumi, uh, seems to be the one sending him to the Middle East. And they have this kind of goodbye moment that's very emotional with a very emotional music playing over the the dark night, as you say. <laughs> uh, and then he says, you know, before I go, I want you to do one more thing, which is teach me karate. And there's kind of like an interesting uh, lover's moment around him caressing his back and t- showing him the move. And then he progresses into this instant karate master overnight but may i make one more request of you would you mind teaching me a little karate (sighs) hey nice work seriously i'm impressed (laughs) with one single move Um, The Saiken, exactly. Which he can't pronounce the first time he hears it, which is hysterical. And then an hour later, he's a master. So, um, great. And then he leaves. And as he's leaving, uh, the bald dude, I already forgot his name, Kazukin? No. Katsumi. Katsumi. He calls at him and karate throws his black belt and uh and then Doyle catches it and we'll pause there because I imagine the next scene you're going to want to break into on its own yeah it was very interesting
0: so yeah so this scene um continues the sort of so uh, my, my personal theory of Doyle is that like so this this comic or manga was written a while ago like I think it, this arc was written around 1999 2001 um you know in Japan like it's I I, I think that the concept of like a gay character would still be a bit um you know progressive for this um f- especially for this genre so editor steve here i just wanted to do a brief segue because i think i was doing a pretty sweeping statement there on something that i am not an expert on so i wanted to do a bit more research and just come out and say that basically like in in some ways anime at that time like baki in the <laughs> baki's manga in the 90s was not some progressive like masterstroke that did something nobody else was doing like there were anime and manga at the time that had more queer representation and handled it better but at the same time is it, you know i don't I don't think there were many examples um of like a shonen or like actiony uh manga like baki doing this so I, I i spent some time and i looked on wikipedia and like <laughs> i don't know like in the in the 90s before baki like sailor moon and cardcaptor sakura are both positive examples from what i can tell of uh queer representation um on the other hand i saw dragon ball i, I just had like a wikipedia list of um uh, lgbt characters in anime <laughs> and so i saw dragon ball on here and i was like oh that's cool um, and then i saw that the characters were uh, general blue a canon gay character and nazi Um, and also Otoko Otoko Kusuki who is described as a stereotypical gay participant in the World Martial Arts Tournament where he freaks out Godin and Trunks with his flirtations with his name translating literally to man love Um, so not all of the representation back then was that um, positive Um, I also found one which I couldn't really decide if it was positive or not Uh, apparently in Hetalia which is a show where countries are Um, anthropomorphized into people uh sweden is described as being gay but only for finland um i don't i don't know if that's positive representation or not take it as you will anyway back to your regularly scheduled baki content so i think that this was doyle was an attempt at like almost a queer coded character um there there are a lot of elements in other um episodes that we've covered in this one we can see katsumi is lighting doyle's cigarette for him uh you talked about the training of the martial arts he throws him uh his uh black belt before they leave and then just sort of rides off into the, into the night in like a very move i could see danny zuko doing in greece so yeah it's it's it was a, an interesting cap off what's also interesting is like though Doyle had a bunch of scenes very similar to this with just Retsu in a previous episode like it seems like every time Doyle is with like a new character they have the same interactions like there isn't like a specific romance being delivered it's just whenever Doyle's in a scene this is happening so I don't know it's uh it's interesting
1: (laughs) so Doyle's a stud I thought what he had in that scene was special you know, no. I thought this was a long-term character arc, but no, he's just a stud. Okay. Yeah, everybody loves Doyle.
0: Um, <laughs> also, the, the karate move he learned, I don't know.
1: It was just like a punch.
0: I don't, I don't want to act like I'm a karate master, but I, I think I could have picked that up.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd go from not being able to pronounce the name of it to being able to throw, but he's got steel in his bones. So I guess, you know, that makes his, his punches extra strong
0: yeah doyle must have been a ba- a bundle of surprises watching this when he starts fighting I oh
1: <laughs> crazy crazy because he seems like kind of a, a skinny loser right because he can't even do karate and then suddenly he learns karate and then we'll get into the next scene that's wild
0: yeah so th- this this is the thing is in this show everybody's got a gimmick you know like baki's just a good fighter but everyone else has like some trick or some style um, and the, the death row inmates have the most ridiculous tricks for them. Um, but we'll, we'll sort of bring them up as we go. So Doyle gets on the boat because of course he's being shipped off to the Middle East, um, which is as vague as possible, uh, by some guy who works at the Shinshin Kai Dojo, who also is, I guess, an international ferryman. But before the boat can leave... Who is on the boat but Ryuko Yanagi? Right, uh, right from the previous scene, um, Yanagi and Doyle, of course, two death row inmates who um, <laughs> escaped seeking defeat. Um, it seems that Doyle or Yanagi is upset with Doyle for, um, you know, his change of ways, his change of heart, not being a ruthless criminal anymore, um, and so they begin to fight each other, just like every conflict is resolved on this show. Jax, what were you thinking while the fight was going on?
1: It's a pretty intense fight. First of all, poor Doyle already only has one eye, and then within the first punch, because he tries his karate move he just learned and misses, (laughs) and then uh, he gets punched apparently very lightly, but his eye goes black, and now he's completely blind. And then the poor guy, uh, the, the other guy he was fighting, lights a cigarette and leaves it on the edge, and then Doyle's all distracted by the cigarette because he can't see and he thinks that, uh, that that's where the other fighter is and then suddenly the guy's that, behind that him some, and then like, suddenly
0: that is some fourth dimensional chess moves right there like I'm gonna blind oh. the guy and then start take my cigarette put it somewhere else because he'll know that the smell is there and that like that's just leaps ahead of Doyle
1: where is he? I can't hear him cigarette smoke close 13 no 10 feet away yeah which I don't understand how Doyle didn't figure that out I mean who lights up a cigarette in the middle of a fight Uh, it seems like an odd choice so uh, you know you feel like you could have figured it out that it was a bit of a distraction technique Um, but then all of a sudden Doyle also doesn't have his black belt anymore and it's around his neck because the other guy stole it Mm -hmm. uh, which is wild Uh, And then he's being choked and then he falls overboard after getting punched again. Um, And it becomes, yeah, kind of a wild fight. Oh, and then at one point, you know, blades come out of his arms, which is an interesting surprise, but I guess, as you said, lots of gimmicks. Uh, And then that's relevant because, oh yeah, go
0: ahead. I was just going to explain. Yeah. So Doyle's gimmick of course is that um, just like many magicians, he has put a bunch of contraptions inside his body to fight uh, people with. So he has, hooks that come out of his body um he has explosives he has um a basically like a robo arm so he can punch you stronger um he's he's got a whole bag of tricks up there
1: so i'm a little confused if he's such a good fighter and he's got all these tricks why he didn't already know karate
0: because there's two types of people in the world there's honorable people who use martial arts and there's death row inmates who despise the martial arts and use cheap tricks to fight people um that's that's like the divide i'd say
1: gotcha so poor doyle falls over the boat you know is hanging there by his necktie black worst
0: worst way to be Uh, hanging
1: yeah yeah and then climbs his way up and as he's on his way up the other guy pulls out a samurai sword and tries to chop his head off after a, a speech about what a disappointment he is
0: in ancient japan a special warrior would chop off the head of a disgraced samurai who was committing sepku. And you are
1: most definitely a disgraced samurai. And goes to chop off his head. And obviously Doyle has the metal in his arms, uh, so the the blade kind of doesn't shatter, but but dents quite quite uh, significantly. And then. then uh, there's a whole monologue of "Oh my God! How did that happen? How did you do that?" And then he goes for another swipe, and Doyle leaps off, kind of sim- or, um, Mufasa style, and falls into the, uh, the the ocean.
0: Yeah, rough rough day for Doyle, <laughs> going blind, choked, falling into the ocean with a bleeding arm. Um, yeah i did like the 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 annoyance yanagi had when his blade got uh, all chipped up i
1: thought that was very uh,
0: relatable
1: i'm assuming this sword is significant because he, he kind of said like my master sword or something to that effect
0: yeah i, I don't know he's never brought it up before i don't think like he's ever going to bring it up again
1: <laughs> my beautiful sword what the hell is going on <laughs>
0: that's the that's the thing about yanagi so we've been joking about this all season but um, unlike the other death row inmates yanagi has like five different gimmicks Um, he has a vacuum hand he can poison you with oxygen he has a poison hand he had uh, two swords that he put on whips Uh, he can slap you so hard that it will rip your skin off um, and he's never used one more than like once an, once in an episode, and then never again. Um, he's, a, he's a weird guy. <laughs> you no,
1: know, it's good to be a jack of all trades. He's a multifaceted villain.
0: Yes, yeah, that's called that's called character depth. If, if, if you know a lot of ways of kung fu, you're a deep, well-written character.
1: Yeah, or or a sloppy writer, right? Just oh, I forgot what superpower I gave him last time, so let's just give him a new one. <laughs>
0: I wonder if it's just one of those things where, like, each week people are writing in, like, this guy sucks. And he's like, all right, back to the drawing board. Let's, uh, let's give him a sword this week. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's uh, Doyle and Yanagi. Um, going back to our remaining death row inmate, uh, we get a bit of a little bit of backstory on uh, Sikorsky in two, sub- two scenes back to back. Um, Jax, do you want to just walk me through what you were thinking
1: yeah. I mean, first the question, you said two scenes back to back. Is it the same character, the guy who's stuck in the hole and then the guy who shows up in the washroom for the fight? Yes. Okay. Wild. I didn't get that. So I, I guess what happened is it's a flashback to when he's in, I'm assuming prison and it's kind of like a dark night, uh, Bane very, type yeah, it's deal. It's
0: like that except the walls are, uh, flat.
1: <laughs> yeah. And metal. Um, but it's, it's this giant kind of cylindrical hole Uh, And they ask him, how would you escape from here? And he's got this moment of, you'd have to be able to hold yourself up by a small nut upside down while you read a short novel. Um, Which I guess is the prelude to the next scene where he does the entire fight by holding on to a fire sprinkler. Um, Not sure why he viewed that as an advantage, hanging by a a thumb on on a fire sprinkler. But I guess it allowed him to kick aimlessly into the
0: that's what i was thinking the whole time like it's really cool he can do this but like is this an advantage Like,
1: <laughs> very also, star wars like i have the high ground you know i'm standing on a three-foot pile of dirt and suddenly i'm undefeatable uh that's that's the vibe i got that's some impressive hand strength you've got
0: that is so that is so sikorsky so yes um so sikorsky uh, our, the final gimmick of the episode is Sikorsky has very strong fingers um, and the amount of leverage he gets out of that is absolutely incredible. Um, we, we do get a very classic Baki scene where a professional world class athlete um, is just wheeled in to be uh, just basically show that they're no match for a martial artist. So this this professional rock climber says, like, it's impossible. I could never do it. You gotta be kidding me. Give me a break. We're not lizards or monkeys, you know? And then, you know, obviously Sikorsky did do it. Um, because in the Baki universe, professional fighters are better than. are just better than. better than everybody at everything. Um, even if you devote your life to it.
1: Um, yeah the term was not human you know you can never do this you could do it if you could hold on to this nut but but that's not human anymore and then I guess that sets up the character to not be human
0: exactly which is so funny because like so you know like when you hear that you think Sikorsky this guy's gonna be a badass I'll, I'll just put that out here for the next I think three episodes is just going to get his ass handed to him repeatedly like in like a, a, a parade of um, pain um it's so this build up is 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 very uh sort of ironic honestly um but before we get into that uh so sikorsky is we have to figure out who's going to beat him up and of course it is jack Hanma. who are you Uh well that's the million dollar question now isn't it let's just say i'm someone who's definitely not on your side so do you know who that big blonde guy was I mean, the yeah, bigger blonde guy. Know.
1: The the one from the first scene?
0: No, the one that, at the end who fights Sikorsky.
1: Right, yeah, I don't know. He, he just kind of showed up in a street in Tokyo and then was like, this is too public and the police suck. Let's go find a place to fight. And then both of them calmly walk to a bathroom and then decide that this is where they're going to fight. And it's like, three, two, one, go.
0: And this is, this is why a lot of public bathrooms have been closed down or locked. Um, there were just <laughs> too many... <laughs> Pro pro fighters <laughs> hanging on to the fire escapes and all that. Um, so, of course, this is Jack Hanma, who uh, is Baki's half brother uh, from Canada, um, who is very much, much taller than him nowadays. Um, and yeah, they just fight in the bathroom. Uh, Sikorsky tries to hold on to the sprinkler and just kick Jack. Um, of course jack is more monster than man and is able to get kicked in the face five times and then just pull him off the wall it's honestly a pretty straightforward fight but what's really exciting is how the episode ends so jacks tell me tell me how the episode or what what what, what we're leaving for next week
1: <laughs> so it ends Embarrassing that I'm bad with like kind of faces and characters. So, did I see this character who's at the phone booth chatting, no. um, he's, saying he's my phone guy. died? Okay, yeah. okay, good.
0: Hey, baby, sorry, my stupid phone battery died on me, but I just couldn't wait to hear your sweet voice. So,
1: so, so he's sitting there. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. He's just talking on his phone, and then the two of the fighters just pile into this booth with him and look very menacing, and then the scene ends.
0: Wouldn't believe me if I told you. Yeah, this scene ends with them closing the door to the phone booth. Yeah. So yeah, it's Jack Onma who is probably he's probably taller than the phone booth, and then Sikorsky in a phone booth that I'm gonna say is three feet wide, three two feet long, something like that. Yeah. I would have trouble fitting in there with another person. Um, and I'm not going to fight anybody. Well, I, I
1: don't know where I'm going with that.
0: <laughs> anyway. I guess the one
1: advantage is it's so small that, you know, with the three of them piled in there, I wouldn't be worried about getting my ass kicked because nobody can move.
0: Just wait. Just watch next episode. <laughs> Somebody's getting yeah. their ass kicked in that telephone booth. <laughs> um. It's, it's honestly one of my favorite parts of the show, and it's just like, I don't know, there's a lot of Baki traditions that come up all the time. Like uh, I didn't even mention it, but of course in this episode, Doyle broke his sunglasses and threw the shards of glass at Yunagi, which happens every episode. Um, but, but having a fight and then having a random civilian in it for no other reason than that the other, the random civilian can narrate the fight is something that happens a lot in Baki. Because um, you need, a fight's only impressive if you have a guy going, Oh, I can't believe it. They're fighting in the telephone booth, and I'm right here. But we'll
1: see. Okay, so it's not collateral damage. I thought that it was the poor bystander who, who was in trouble. I'm not entirely sure why 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 do people pick random places for fights like oh we can't fight in the street we have to fight in the bathroom we can't fight in the street we have to fight into a already occupied telephone booth
0: well here, here's the thing I, why do they do that in character no idea why did they do that from a story perspective um like boggy's been running for probably oh i don't know at least like 30 or 25 years or something um, so you, you got you gotta spice it up a little bit with the fights. Make um make each one a little more memorable. Um, yeah. We'll we'll get to um Skorski has a very memorable fight coming up with Gaia, but uh that's for another day. All right, well that's that's more or less the entire episode. Um so, Jax I have a question I ask after talking about it with everybody. Now that you've watched an episode of Baki. Do you think that it is a good show?
1: I mean, I am not an anime fan. Uh, I struggle to watch pretty much the only anime show that I've ever watched is BoJack Horseman. Um, It's not an anime. So I'm not the right person to ask. Oh, there you go. So there you go. See, I'm even wrong on that one. I'm sure I just made a ton of people mad by driving that comparison. So that is how wrong of a person I am to ask. Uh, I do think that it is wild. There's so many storylines going on that I think you definitely wouldn't get bored if you're watching this. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also means that it's not something you just passively put on because so many storylines going on that you have to be paying attention to knowing all the characters and the dimensions and the interplay and and how they work on. Like the fact that Baki, who's the the title character, the titular character, uh, wasn't in the entire episode apart from the first like four minutes. Uh, and then everything else was, was going on. I was like, my first impression was just being overwhelmed. There are seven different scenes, none of which had recurring characters. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I think that's my answer is, is I don't really know. Uh, but if you are looking for crazy complex shows, I think this one's for you.
0: Yeah, no, I do. I do think it's, it's a show with a lot of, uh, complexity room for interpretation sort of draws the intellectual crowd and it's 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 so funny that you're talking about the lack of baki in this episode because like first of all like uh it's it's a very apt issue to bring up like for a show titled baki he doesn't show up a lot um this is probably the most fighting he's done all season in this episode i would say um how to do steve that's true unless you go back literally one episode but other than that it's that's the most fighting (laughs) He, he hasn't, unless you count his encounter with Kozway as a fight, um, which uh, he did um, consider it like a fight. But anyway, <laughs> um, what was I, I going to say? Oh, I was also going to say uh, BoJack Horseman, great show.
1: Good, yeah, good, you good want to talk about intellectual uh, intellectual kind of mental health driven shows uh, I, that really make a statement on society and the human existence. Fantastic well, I do, show. and
0: that's, that's why I have a Baki podcast. Um, yeah, Baki B- B- and Bojack are like the exact opposite. Like, if I want to, if I want to <laughs> have fun, I, I, I'm gonna watch Baki If I want to, <laughs> if I want to feel sad, I'll watch some Bojack. Um, but anyway, uh, that is, that is more or less it. Um, thank you for coming on the show, Jax. This was a hoot, hoot and a half. Next week we'll figure out what happened in the telephone booth. who knows who will be the guest i'm trying to figure that all out oh I, i i wanted to give a heads up um just as a continuity thing when we finish this season i will be taking a break for a week or two on updates so that i can uh build up a bit of um a stockpile on stuff so uh just keep that in mind anyway um thanks for coming on the episode Jax. that's all the baki we've got to talkie See you all next week.
1: I'll be a listener.